Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part four of our podcast looking at rendering techniques. I left part three describing how if you wanted to look at soft tissue and vessel and bone, you really need volume rendering. Volume rendering was a technique that allows us to look at all the different tissue types by changing the trapezoids, lookup tables, really getting very good definition. And you can see in this patient with this impressive trauma with fracture and soft tissue injury nicely shown here. Now, one of the things with volume rendering we do use is color mapping. You can see in this patient whose forearm has extensive cellulitis, very nicely the difference between color and grayscale. Sometimes it doesn't make a difference. Sometimes the color really is super cool. It looks very much realistic, but it's something very much to be aware of, and it's easy enough to change. Now, in saying that, one of the things we do try to do, whether we're using MIP or volume rendering, is segmentation. This is a nice tool that segments bone out of a data set. So here's that same patient with cellulitis. On your left, the image with bone in blue. The computer recognizes the bone. We would like to take the bone away so that we can look at the vessels better. Now, in saying that, these are volume rendered images. With volume rendering, as I showed you before, it's pretty easy to still see vessels even with bone present because we're controlling the voxel space that we are. We're not doing a projection technique. If you do the MIP, you can see what happens. You lose part of the brachial artery. So with MIP especially, bone editing becomes even more critical. And here you can see nicely, we'll go from the color volume to MIP. We'll take the bone away, and now we have a very nice MIP image showing you the angiographic map. So again, the difference between volumes and MIP. Here's another example. Here's a case of a large renal cell carcinoma, volume rendered, showing invasion of the patient's renal vein. And here it is with a MIP. Again, both show you nicely the tumor, the neovascularity is best seen in the volume rendering when you compare the two images together. And one would say in this situation, things are fine, large mass invasion, volume rendering a little bit better definition. But let's look at another example with the kidney. Here's a patient with a UPJ obstruction due to this lower pole crossing renal artery. This is one volume rendered images. You don't see the pelvis all that well. So you need a little bit more detail. Now, if you look at the MIP, the MIP surely is not very helpful because the MIP shows you the vessel nicely, but it really isn't showing you the renal pelvis, which would be critical. So we look at these two images side by side. Well, what could we do better? Well, we surely could adjust the volume rendered image, which I did a little bit on this set, and you begin to see the pelvis. You can go to an MPR. The MPR shows the dilated right renal pelvis very nicely in coronal display. But again, it just doesn't bring into perspective the crossing. So when you go to volume rendering and you change the rendering parameters ever so slightly, look how nicely you can see the dilated renal pelvis, the crossing renal arteries to the uh, lower pole, also the crossing renal vein causing the patient's UPJ obstruction. Another example. Here's an unusual case of carcinoid tumor. Look at the liver and spleen. You see implants on the peritoneum, very nicely shown, hypervascular lesions, and uh, here it is again. Unusual case of implants, but nevertheless implants. Well, let's look very carefully. On volume rendering here, I adjust the rendering a bit, go a little deeper into the volume. You very nicely see the enhancing implants. I take that data set, and now I give it to you in MIP. Where are the lesions? Let me put it side by side. 
look how the lesions obvious on the volume rendering disappear on the MIP. And that's very classic because on the MIP, they're kind of the same density. You lose the information. So again, think about this, but if you use MIP here, you would have missed the lesions. So again, the rendering technique is very critical in your accuracy. Other applications, again, comparing MIP and volume rendering. Here's a patient with mesenteric paniculitis, some stranding in the mesentery, tiny nodes. This case was done with positive contrast material, nicely shown with volume rendering. And in this case, image on your right is the MIP, and the MIP actually is kind of nice. You sometimes in these situations see the smaller vessels better, see the nodes better. Again, it's a projection technique, but you recognize that at times a projection technique, which gives you that global perspective, at times is too much overwhelming, but here actually shows it fairly nice. And in this case, both of them work fairly well, but if I chose one, maybe I would choose the MIP as the one to use. Another example, here's where a different carcinoid tumor, mass root of the mesentery, you see it nicely, calcification, volume rendering, classic carcinoid tumor. But if you slip this into MIP and volume rendering, you can see what happens in regards to the proximal bowel, which is dilated. On the volume rendered images, the individual bowel loops show nicely. On the MIP image, those volume rendered, the uh, bowel loops, which showed well on volume rendering, just are not that well seen. Now, another point about volume rendering versus MIP that you slightly have seen in this case relates to calcification. Now with MIP, the calcification is well seen, but the problem is it overwhelms the contrast and in smaller vessels, say the coronaries, it looks like the vessel might be occluded. The same thing is true in runoff studies. So you want to be very careful with calcification and MIP. So here's a nice example of volume rendering showing the left anterior descending coronary artery with areas of calcification. Here it is in the color display. And you can see the calcification is basically on the vessel surface. It's not really affecting lumen. But if you take the volume and then you go to MIP, you really see the calcifications, but you can see that it would be impossible to ascertain whether or not that vessel was patent. You could see it here or see it here as well, reversing the, uh, the MIP display. Calcification nicely shown, but again, think about the advantages of volume rendering, the ability to look and not occlude the vessel. So with MIP, a big problem really is calcification. That's something that may be less of an issue with dual source CT. I mentioned you see this in coronary imaging as well as runoff studies. Nice example, volume rendering, and then the image on your right, the MIP. And you can see in the SFA or popliteal, it would be hard to judge patency because of the extensive calcification. When we segment out the bone and look at the vessels, uh, it's much easier with volume rendering. Now, I would admit it's tough even with volume rendering when you have such significant calcifications, but I think it's easier with volumes than it is with MIP. So that's something to be aware of, and I'll show you one last set of images going from volume rendering. Volume rendering, we we're removing the bone. There's the bone gone, and there's the volume rendered image. So again, volume rendering has less issues with calcification, but when it's extensive calcification, it still can be problematic. Let's take a look at another application. Let me look at the liver for a moment, and a couple points we'd like to make. 
I like VRT, of course, as we've discussed, but the one thing I do like about MIP, particularly when I want to do quick and dirty, is the MIP allows me to see some of the smaller branching vessels in the liver without spending a lot of effort. I mentioned how MIP is helpful in liver and kidney in this regard. And so here's an example of a hemangioma. And in some ways, the MIP shows you the puddling of the hemangioma a touch better because you can see on this display that projection, which now takes in the full 360 of the lesion, really accentuates the puddling and so it can be a bit more helpful. I also find MIP to be helpful if I'm looking for neovascularity, if I'm looking for a small hypervascular lesion, like in this cirrhotic patient who has a two centimeter hepatoma, where you really can see the feeding vessel into the lesion a whole lot easier with the MIP. Again, not that you can't see with volume, but for quick and dirty, the MIP is really nice in this situation. Another example might be with encasement where sometimes the MIP can be helpful. And let me show you an example of hepatic lymphoma. If you look at the volume rendered image, you nicely see the tumor, the dilated ducts, and you see the tumor is encasing the vessel. But you can see on the MIP how the tumor encases the vessel, but the vessel is still patent. On the other hand, looking at the portal vein, on both the volume rendering and on the MIP, you do see that the portal vein is narrowed, but the volume rendering really shows you the tumor, where on the MIP image, you really don't get that visualization. I mentioned about perfusion imaging and perfusion changes may be easier to see on MIP. And let me show you one example of a hypervascular lesion. Here's the axial images in the left lobe of liver. There's the lesion. And I'll take you through a few different projections. And you can see hypervascular lesion. You see definite perfusion changes, left lobe of liver, hyperperfusion. But when I take that into the MIP, look how nicely you can see that hyperperfusion on this set of images or on this set of images. So it really does give you an understanding, at times a more complete understanding, uh, using MIP in this situation. I find MIP helpful in the liver, again, both volume rendering and MIP in cirrhotic patients. For organ texture maps, volume rendering is the way to go. Some of the advantages of MIP in terms of vascularity, and both work well in varices, although the volume gives you a better feel as to where the varices are. Here's a nice example of cirrhosis, very large esophageal varices. You really see them nicely in 3D, and here's the MIP. You see the varices very nicely. You see the big portal vein in SMV, but that three-dimensional feel is really something you do appreciate best on the volume rendered image. So it's something, again, to uh, really appreciate. And again, relationships, particularly with tumors, be they hepatoma, pancreatic cancer, you gotta use volume rendering if you wanna see the masses. Secondary signs, MIP is helpful. So here you see a large islet cell tumor, tail of pancreas, invading portal vein and SMV. You see vascular liver mets. When you go to the MIP, you can see the patient's tumor also, but you see the calcifications, but you really lose the boundaries. You kind of recognize portal vein invasion. You see the collaterals. But to me, I really like the volume rendering better in this scenario. I think it truly shows the information better and just has significant advantages. In saying that, uh, there are other applications. And what we'll do, let's stop here. And when we start on part five, 
we'll pick up with some of the advantages of MIP and volume rendering in musculoskeletal imaging. Thanks very much and have a nice day.